Another episode of Grey Knockers is coming right now. Hi, this is Mark Spagnolo from the Wood Whisperer, and I am Grain Knocker Nation. Guys, episode two, season two, right now. There's so much truth in this episode. Listen all the way to the end. You will not regret it. Grain Knocker Nation! What's up, Grain Knockers? Welcome to season two, episode two, and episode two is a good one. And I don't want to underestimate saying a good one because it's great. It, this is a great episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's coming up in a second. If you're not subscribed to Grain Knockers, where you listen, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or one of your app stores, make sure that you subscribe. That'll keep you up to date on all new episodes when they are posted. We're also going to do a product spotlight again and a maker spotlight again. That was super cool. And thank you. I just want to say thank you so much because I didn't know if people were going to come back, to be honest. I didn't know, you know, that was a long break and uh, a lot of changes since the first season. So thank you so much. I was, I'm blown away by how many people tuned back in uh, to season two. And I just truly want to say thank you. I have more to come, I promise. Any giveaways coming up will be posted on the Instagram. Make sure you're following on Instagram at Grey Knockers. A lot of cool stuff going on there. So in this episode, we have Mark from the Wood Whisperer. It's just a guy I look up to. I mean, I don't really have heroes in the Instagram game. And I'm not saying Mark's my hero, but I trust him. I think he's honest. And I like his style. I like how he Instagrams. I like how he is a content creator. And um, I don't really, really like a lot or prefer a lot of that stuff in my daily busy life. But I find myself tuning into him. So this episode is going to be super cool. Before we get to that interview, let's go first to episode two's product spotlight. Our product spotlight goes out to Gibbs Santec. You can find them on Instagram at Gibbs Santec, and they make drying racks. I just got one of their drying racks in my shop, and it has saved so much time and room. Let me explain. I could finish a project. I could clear it or paint it, put it on this rack, and work on the next project. Where in the past, in my small shop, if I painted a project or cleared a project, it would have to sit on my workbench or, I'm sad to say this, but like table saw or any other surface I could find. What Gibbs Santec Tech racks do is they provide a space for you and a small profile to put your projects to dry. They're made of high gauge steel and they can hold a ton of weight. If you're looking for a place to dry your projects in a small space, I would highly consider trying Gibbs Santec. They've uh, been a solution in my shop and it's been really, really convenient to have. Gibbs Santec dry racks. Check it out. They ship globally and you can find out more information at their website at www.drying-shop.com. Gibbs Santec, today's product spotlight. Yeah, that rack is super sweet. And just a reminder that none of these product spotlights are like a paid post or anything. It's just something I have in my shop that I really like and uh, think you might like them too so check it out uh today's maker spotlight goes out to a local illinois guy because i'm in illinois and uh, his name is ron and he is at rounders.com he features a lot of welding a lot of slab work and he's just an all-around good maker if you want to uh follow some good quality content guys check out ron at rounders.com uh on instagram and follow along there's a lot of good stuff there He's our featured maker of episode two. Now what you've all been waiting for, let's go. Let's talk to the Whisperer. It's Mark from the Wood Whisperer on episode two. 
Hey, Grey Knockers, today's guest is someone you're all familiar with, and if you're not, you should be. He is one guy for the last couple of years that I really turned to for content and knowledge because he is a student of the craft, which is rare nowadays, I think. Today's guest is Mark from the Wood Whisperer. Mark, thank you so much for coming on Grey Knockers. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, good to be here. I wanted to not throw softball questions at you and just go at you right away, so I'm going to ask... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fast gonna... pitch time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask you um, a tough one right away. What's your problem with uh, deep dish pizza? Well, okay, let me start here. First, we have to we have to define pizza. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that deep dish might not even fit the definition. So I'm not even sure it's a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember uh, a know, story not too long ago. You, were, you, you post <laughs> one of those things like, ask me anything. And I'm like, Chicago or New York? And you just hammered Chicago pizza. I, I almost teared up. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yeah, the bottom line is hey, pizza, all pizza is good pizza. But, you know, growing up on the East Coast, for me, it was always about thin crust. And uh, and the funny thing is my kids growing out, you know, we're, we're in Denver, so they get all kinds of pizza. But I, I take them back east and they, they try the thin crust and they're like, oh, this is terrible. You know, my son wants really <laughs> thick crust pizza. So he's a big fan of, uh, of deep dish and, uh, you know, anything thicker. The thin stuff, he's just like, meh. So I, I'm, I've gone wrong with the raising of my children as far as it pertains to pizza. Yeah, as I prep for the show, I wasn't really intending for that to be the first, you know, hardball question. <laughs> but I just remember your response was, it was priceless. It was just like, that yeah. is not pizza. I'm like, you don't yeah, fold like, pizza. Well, right. Well, clearly this is an issue he cares about. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> All right. So for those that don't know, Mark is one of the giants in the game of woodworking, and he has an unbelievable YouTube. Uh, he has a guild. Mark, why don't you just, why don't you tell people what you offer over at the Wood Whisperer, as well as your podcast, uh, Wood Talk? Sure. Uh, I would say first and foremost, everything we do for the most part is at thewoodwhisperer.com. Uh, it's been about 12 years now that we've been doing this. So we have quite a few videos. We're, we're sort of uh, people who are in it for the long game. When I say people, it's uh, me, my wife, and uh, my mom actually works for the business as well. Um, so, you know, it's always the long game for us. I'm never really in a rush to get tons of content out. Uh, it's something where because we were there early, um, we can enjoy pacing ourselves in a way that means we'll be here 10 more years from now. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Uh, so I, I just kind of build whatever comes to mind, projects I think that people would find interesting, and I take my time and build them in the way that I want to build them. I can't say it's the right way. I can't say it's the best way. I, I can only build the stuff that I, I know how to build in the way that I know how to build it, and I just uh, try to do my best to teach that so other people can come in and also uh, build along. So the Wood Whisperer is kind of the primary free resource that's uh, been there since 2006. Uh, in about 2008, and it's hard to believe this has been 10 years now already, uh, we started a paid membership website called the Wood Whisperer Guild. And that's where we do more intensive, you know, sometimes these projects, just the video presentation of these projects can last two to three months as we go with weekly releases. Uh, so that's something we are doing. It's behind a paywall. Not everyone's going to be interested in it. But if you really want to dig into this stuff, sometimes it's good to just cut to the chase, get to the information from a, a source that you know you can trust uh, with directions you know you could easily follow. Uh, and that's kind of what the Guild represents. And, of course, we've been doing audio podcasting like, you know, like this show here. Um, you know, it's a great format. It's uh, a 
little more low key. It's a little more, uh, you know, people aren't watching you the whole time and you could say things sometimes that you might not normally say if you're making a YouTube video. Uh, <laughs> so I do do that with my buddies, uh, Matt Cremona and Shannon Rogers. And that show has been going on for 11 or 12 years as well. So, um, you know, you'd think we'd cover all the topics you could possibly talk about in woodworking in that time. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's all evergreen stuff, right? We, people who are getting into it now are going to ask the same questions that people, you know, would have asked 10 years ago. Um, but it's a new audience at this point. So we uh, we have a lot of fun with it. It's a good time. I promised myself I would never listen to a podcast if I was going to do a podcast. And I don't know if that yeah. makes sense to a lot of people, but I just never wanted to mimic or imitate someone else. And I mm -hmm. think generally the nature of woodworking and podcasts and that combination, you might stumble upon something that someone else does accidentally. I don't know. But sure. uh, the Wood Talk podcast is one that I do listen to and I have listened to probably 20 episodes. I really like the dynamic of what you bring compared to what Matt brings. And then what's the other guy's name? Shannon. 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 Yep. And it's like three different worlds, but all kind of like the same love and intent of delivering and educating and showing people different works of woodworking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we hope to do. I mean, Shannon's our hand tool guy, uh, exclusively hand tools. Uh, you got, you know, Cremona, who's the log to furniture guy, you know, who sources his own lumber. And then, you know, me, who's just kind of the, the smart ass who spends a lot of money on tools <laughs> is the way I like to look at it. <laughs> so who do you identify with, Grey Knocker Nation? No. Uh, so after you listen to Grey Knockers, go check out their podcast. No, I'm just kidding. They're probably already caught up on your stuff. <laughs> the one thing uh, that you do with your wife and do it well, really well is the one way that I found you, and that's your Friday Live. Can you just tell people what that's about? Yeah, you know, and it's awesome to hear that someone actually finds me through that because that's it's a weird piece of content. It's a, a thing that I really enjoy doing, but it's super niche, and it's not something any you know lots of people are going to want to sit down and watch given the sort of short attention span, show me the action, and don't sit there and talk to me for an hour kind of uh, environment that we all produce content in these days. So it's cool to hear that anyone is is finding us through that that medium. Uh, but we decided uh, a couple years ago to start doing more live stuff. And I, I've done live uh, content since it was possible to do live content online uh, from the days when I would just hang a webcam in my shop and have an over-the-shoulder view of what I'm working on um, to now where we do a actual, we actually put like an effort into it. And I would say the best way to describe it is kind of like a morning show where you got the two like goobers that sit there with their coffee uh, talking about the weather and, you know, just except for this is about woodworking. So we answer questions from the community, uh, share some cool things that we may have come across, let them know about things going on in the woodworking community. Uh, and it's just the, the natural banter between my wife and I. And this is just uh, it's almost a peek into what it's like to live with us for a little while. So it's uh, it, we, we try to be funny, but, you know, we're not actors. We're not, uh, you know, paid professional presenters. <laughs> so we're just kind of this is how we communicate. And it's it's just that my wife takes an interest because, you know, she works for the business. But being around this stuff for so long, she actually has learned quite a bit. Uh, so she fields the questions and sets up the jokes and I just knock them down and uh, try to keep people awake for 45 minutes. Yeah, it's, su it's super fun, too, because it's relatable. It's real. You do take it serious. And I don't want to underestimate that. But 
everyone can relate to it. I mean, there's been Friday lives where your kids walk out, your dog comes out, um, <laughs> your wife yeah. is promoting her chili recipe. And yeah, yeah. but at the same time, you're getting great content on woodworking. Last week, last Friday live, I believe, something really cool happened. And that was your wife read off an email saying from um, just a, a fan of yours saying he couldn't afford like a guild project, but he really wants to get into it. And I, I'm sure mm-hmm. you know what I'm about to say. Two yeah. two random strangers put up fifty bucks each for them for this guy to get his own plan, and that's what it's about. I mean, that's what the community yeah. is about. It's amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, that was very heartening to see. And and the great thing is, that's not that uncommon. Uh, we often get people who get into the the guild. They have a great experience there, and you know it costs money, so it's not something that everybody can do. And these people have such a great experience that they go, I want someone else to experience that who might not otherwise be able to. And they will simply pay for the person's first project. And it's our job to then find, you know, who who it is. In that case, it was great because it was one person who came in and it was just the timing was there. But we often around the holidays, especially get people who just send us a few bucks and say, look, I, I'm not buying a project, but can you find someone who is deserving of this and give them a free project? And, I, and it's a good thing. I mean, we as as a business, we're heavily involved in charities ourselves. We have a a yearly um, cancer charity, uh, you know, building drive that we run. We generally every show will give away a free project and sometimes free tools and stuff too. So I think it's um, generosity is contagious, you know. And I think and the more we push it, the more other people get into the spirit. And this time of year, it's it's pretty easy. Everybody's a little bit more free uh, with you know willingness to be able to help other people out. So that that was great to see that was a great moment in the show yeah that was awesome as far as the guild goes if anyone doesn't know can you just simply break it down yeah the guild is basically like if you ever want to see a project go together uh as you know complex as a sculpted rocker to something as simple as you know a a little end table um but you want that you want that missing manual right and you you maybe you could see a 20 minute video on YouTube and it gives you an overview, but you want more detail. This is basically a video instruction manual showing you each step of the process. Uh, So it does mean a lot of time invested, but if you are new uh, or if it's just something that's so complex, you really need to see it broken down. The guild is kind of a great place for that. And I think it's a one of a kind, you know, there are a lot more people offering paid content these days, but these, I would call these more courses than simply a couple of videos. Um, these literally are courses designed around a project. And we've got multiple instructor instructors now. It used to just be me. Uh, then I pulled in my buddy, Matt Cremona, and he's kind of a regular along with me. Each of us, we both produce like two projects a year. Uh, and now we're bringing on all kinds of new people. Um, we've, you know, some names you might know from Instagram. Uh, Anne of All Trades uh, we brought in, um, Daryl Peart, was a new instructor this year. Ashley Harwood has a turning class coming out in January. Jory Brigham is uh, doing a project in the new year, probably in the spring timeframe. So we're really trying to branch out and and get like-minded people who are just passionate about the craft and also talent, not only talented in their craft, but talented in their ability to teach. Um, Because if you can't convey the information, that's not a good candidate for a a guild instructor. Uh, So, so that's really what it's all about. It's a deep dive into this stuff. uh, And it's a a great environment with some great people. Yeah. It's a great resource for people to have too. I mean, YouTube Mm -hmm. is one thing just to look at it, but to have the detailed instructions from people that you can trust that I don't know, are experts uh, is something awesome to have. And I'm, you know, I've seen some of the costs on some projects and it's not that bad. I mean, it's not bad at all. If you want a detailed list of, 
just knocking the project out the first way, it's not bad at all. The sort of value proposition that I like to explain to people is don't think of it like video, you know, or like a, a couple of YouTube videos. What we do in the guild is more like an in-person class. And if you've ever priced out a class on any project, you're well over $1,000 for that experience plus travel to get there. Um, so the reason why we we can proudly present a, a good size project and, and charge $80 for it is because the comparison is to a $1,000 class, not necessarily a free video. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think you got to check that out, guys. Go to the guild and sign up. Check out a couple projects. I'm, I'm sure you can see the projects before you buy them, right? So that, mm-hmm. make, that only yep, makes sense. Yep. All right, so what started, I noticed something else on the Friday Live that uh, becomes a topic at, uh, uh, sometimes, and it's your mm-hmm. shirts. Like your t-shirts are kind of, they have their own kind of, <laughs> yeah, people they're doing start their own se- show. <laughs> yeah, they start people, and then you're like, I got this t-shirt from this listener, and I got this. Yeah. What started that? I've always just worn t-shirts, you know, with stupid stuff on them. This <laughs> has nothing to do with woodworking and nothing, this is just what Mark enjoys wearing. Uh, and this goes back to, you know, when I was a teenager and it's something that like in my forties, I mean, maybe <laughs> it doesn't make sense for a 41 year, you know, 41 year old father of two to go around wearing goofy shirts, but it's, it's my thing. It's just what I do. And it's a, it's, it's a fun way to kind of think of it like a bumper sticker. So that can go, <laughs> you know, that can go South as well, because sometimes you like put a political bumper sticker and then you're pissing a bunch of people off right um but it's a it's a way to let strangers who don't know you kind of get an idea of who you are and what you stand for yeah as so with a goofy t-shirt that maybe makes an old retro gaming reference you immediately go hey this guy i think he probably plays video games um you know if there's just a joke with a movie quote on it then you know i'm a fan of that movie and so it's just part it has it wasn't sort of a premeditated thing but what it's turned into is something that allows people to relate to to me and to to us, you know, as a, as a business and individuals. Um, so it's a lot of fun, and I connect with people over this stuff. I've uh, so many other people that I've met and have uh, you know interacted with are like big Seinfeld fans because they've noticed that I was. And it's nice <laughs> to be able to connect on things with other woodworkers outside of woodworking. It's, oh yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun, especially if you're investing all that time, you know, with strangers to go beyond the wood. Is uh, oh that would be a, <laughs> right. that would be a good podcast name beyond the wood there beyond you go the wood so what did you do before content creation before woodworking what was what was your career before all this i was actually in uh, the world of science and worked in a lab and i went to school for molecular biology and didn't get a phd so i wound up working in uh, working for a company that actually made reagents and and all kinds of uh, kits and things that the real scientists would use in their experiments so uh, i found myself very dissatisfied with that it wasn't uh, i wasn't learning anything new i wasn't discovering anything interesting i was just making products um so yes it was definitely in the science world but definitely not hitting that experimental search and pursuit of of information and and maybe doing something a little bit you know, thinking more broadly, doing something that benefits the world. I was I was doing things on a much smaller scale that just wasn't very interesting to me. Um, so were yeah, you that's do, my background. Were you doing um, the content woodworking stuff while you were in your career still? Mm-mm, no. So what happened was I made a switch out of the science world into custom furniture. 
and that's probably in a 2004 time frame roughly um and and spent a couple of years just making a go of it and it's it's a difficult way to make a living and uh, and i had trouble helping my wife you know meet our mortgage payment uh, with my my contribution to that so uh so yeah i had a few years where i was just doing custom furniture and anything i could get my hands on refinishing jobs whatever whatever it took uh, it wasn't until 2006 that I discovered the possibility of making content. So I've gone through the same thing. I left my sales career and did uh, full. Now I do full time building, and mm-hmm. it was hard. It was a hard decision. It took balls, yeah. honestly. And um, without the support of my wife, it would have never been possible. Exactly the same situation for me. Uh, I actually was very hesitant to do it. And we didn't have kids at the time, so it was a little bit less risky. Um, but if it wasn't for my wife, Nicole, pushing me and saying, hey, this is clearly what you love to do. Why aren't you doing that? And I'm like, because I'm not going to make any money. That's yeah. why <laughs> like, I went to school and got a degree in something that I feel like that should be where I'm spending my time. Uh, and it was a real paradigm shift for me um, because I'm a planner. And, uh, and when I commit to something, I'm in it 100%. So to back off from something that I worked so hard for to say, I'm just going to go into this thing I actually don't know that much about, I'm still learning about, was an incredible risk. It was so scary, but um, turned out to be one of the best things that has ever happened to me. Yeah, without that risk, I mean, there's no reward, right? It's what, something you yep. hear all, your whole life. And uh, yeah, it's cool. Same exact thing with me. Just, It's cool that uh, women support men like that, you know, even yeah. though it could be something really stupid. Like, yeah. I thought the whole time, you know, there was probably a good two months of me at my sales job just thinking, I can't do this. I can't leave a really good job with benefits right. and all that and just put yeah, it all on her. Right? Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> that alone like, is one of the things to be scared of, you know, venturing out on your own. Yeah. And luckily I can, I got on her insurance and we're good and things have been fine. But uh, yeah, I just didn't know what you did before. So that's interesting. Thank you. Thanks for mm-hmm. sharing that. Besides money, besides family, what motivates you in in this content creation game? Take money and family out of it. Yeah. What I mean, is there something that re- you wake up and you're like, I just need to make something. I just or like your movie theater project. Like I just mm-hmm. is it that itch to make that motivates you every day? Yeah, I was, uh, there's really two major things. One is, of course, just the intrinsic love of building things. Uh, and, and the more I have invested in it, for instance, you mentioned the home theater project. It's not even, I'm, I'm maybe putting some pictures and stories on Instagram, but I am not documenting that, uh, for, for my website or for the wood whisper. It's totally a personal project, but I'm eating, sleeping and drinking this stuff. Like I go to sleep at night, looking in forums and trying to get ideas for what I'm going to do next. Uh, and that's sort of a state of mind that a lot of us get into when you're, you're right in the middle of a project and it's something that's really hitting all those buttons. It's getting you excited. You can't stop thinking about it. You got to remember to eat and take a pause for lunch (laughs) because you're so into it. Uh, you know, it's, and that's a good thing. That's a, that's a big part of the motivation that even put me in this place, you know, in 2006, why do I want to show other people is because I'm excited about it. And I think other people are just as excited about this stuff. So if I can, you know, hopefully share that it's probably an infectious thing, um, that excitability about making things with your hands. Um, so there is naturally that part of it, which, which is really funny because a lot of people did tell me if you go into this full time, it will kill 
your hobbyist passion for, for woodworking. And maybe it's just me that other people probably have different experiences, but that couldn't be further from the truth. I truly enjoy everything that I do. The thing that's become a bit of a ball and chain is the camera, uh, having to document everything. That's, that's something that is not quite as fun just because it's the, the reality is it's something that completely slows me down. Um, but it's a necessary evil because in order to do the second part, the second thing that really excites me about what I do, I have to be able to document stuff because th that second part is the communication, the interaction with other people, uh, sharing something neat and having someone go, oh, that's really cool. What if you did this? And then that just inspires the next idea. So as much as I don't enjoy the actual physical filming and editing and all that stuff, it opens up a world of interaction with other woodworkers that wouldn't be accessible uh, if I didn't do those things. Um, so really that that's primarily it, uh, you know, hanging out with other people online and being able to build with my hands. Those are two very gratifying things for me. Yeah. You bring up a good point. I guess whenever you talk to somebody about things that they do that you do too, you don't really mm -hmm. realize fully some things. And I guess for Instagram, for me, and I'm not an influencer or content creator like you, but man, taking the pictures and like doing the video is kind of a pain in the ass. It does get in the way, but for someone like you, that is the necessary evil. And I've also yep. seen like people that are really good at videos and really good at pictures, and that's like their career transfer into the woodworking side of things and that it's like the it's like the opposite of what you were yeah, just describing yeah. well and that bar has been raised tremendously too if we look around at people you know in our world who are making content um there's things that i'm just not even willing to think about doing with my camera uh, that is just second nature to some of these people and, and their visuals are absolutely stunning as a result. Uh, for me, I'm a little bit too focused on the other side. Like, yeah. like, like, you know, it's the, the, the job is the filming. Um, I'm only going to go so far with that, but over time I've improved things. I've always up, upgrade my gear and, and do my best. But for me, I don't necessarily feel the need to do all of that stuff. My focus is more the instruction. Um, but man, do I enjoy it when other people do, uh, you know, have the, um, you know, the camera just in slow motion moving across the scene and stuff. But but I also know what goes into that setup. And I'm like, I'm barely able to to, to find the energy to hit that record button, you know, <laughs> let alone set it up perfectly so that it, you know, moves from left to right as I'm cutting, you know, 20 parts. Um, so kudos to the to the people who can do that. Uh, but it, it is great. It's interesting to see how different people have their motivations in different places. But, um, you know, we can all enjoy it. Yeah, and the one thing, last thing I'll say about this before I ask the the question of the day, and that mm -hmm. is lighting for me was an issue when I started taking pictures and everything, and I just underestimated because I could build without the lighting of a photographer, right? We could all build yep, and see fine. But then you try to transfer it over to an image or a video, and it's like, that looks like crap. <laughs> yeah, I need more yeah. lights. Lighting is, lighting is huge. If you do nothing else, if you're a content producer – you know, just using your phone, whatever you're doing for filming, the best bang for the buck upgrade you can do is lighting. Yep. It's just make the picture look better. And even, you know, these iPhones and Android devices we're carrying around in our pockets with good lighting can do amazing pictures, especially for web production. You know, like it's more than enough for those purposes. Oh, yeah. All right. So here's here's the question. This is the reason I wanted to have you on. I want to know from you. And again, let me just uh, preface this. I respect Mark because when I watch his content, I can relate, number one. I know he's, or I think, I'm pretty sure I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think he's, and I know he's telling the truth, which is a rare. I don't know. I don't want to say it's a rarity. I, it's just something comforting when I when I watch a content creator or an influencer, and I could trust them. I think that's the main point of being one in the first place. Mm-hmm. And and third, I really value the time he has spent personally doing the research, educating himself from people who came before him, and paying respect to those people now currently. And I think there's a lot of people that can pull from that, that want to get into the influence game. So my question to you is, where is content creation and influencers? What's the status of it in 2018, in your opinion? (laughs) It's, you know, I actually see myself as a bit of an outsider uh, when it comes to content production, influencer marketing, things like that. There's a lot of this stuff that I do begrudgingly. Um, I kind of wish that influencer marketing wasn't something that we all kind of have to do because we need to survive. I mean, the bottom line is there are people who are doing the influencer marketing and they're using their Instagram uh, account stories and posts as a means to put food on the table. So you cannot begrudge anybody for making an effort to try to, you know, actually make some money from this endeavor. Uh, For us, it's something where I don't actually have to do it because I have other revenue sources, but there's also a common sense thing that I'm, I'm running a business here. And if there's an opportunity that makes sense for me that I truly believe in, I'll do it. Um, So for me personally, I I value trust with people who watch and follow me um, more than anything. And if I ever lie to them, that's not only doing a disservice to them, but it's damaging my my personal reputation. Um, So for me, I'm I'm very picky and very selective about what companies I work with. Um, I hands down turn down way more than I accept just in terms of uh, like who we're willing to work with and and willing to have as an advertiser. Uh, So for me, like I said, I, I see myself as a bit of an outsider. I won't take on an advertisement for a completely irrelevant company that has nothing to do with with what I'm talking about. It would be very out of character for us to do that. But I think these days, there are a lot of people who are doing that because those opportunities are there. And it's a, it's a sort of a I don't want to call it a gold rush, but to an extent, if you have the followers, there's never been a better opportunity to monetize this stuff and start working with companies and big name companies, Home Depot, um, you know, Lowe's, like these companies that five or six years ago would have never even had conversations with people like us. Uh, So those opportunities are there, but it is, you know, we are getting into an area where money becomes part of the conversation and we have to be careful to understand like who, who can we trust? And it's a hard thing to be able to discern. Um, I don't even know that I could give someone guidelines on, on what to look for with that stuff. Um, but all in all, I think it's cool. It's neat to watch, but I think there should be a little bit of apprehension applied and a little bit of common sense applied on who you're watching, what, what they normally do, what kind of content they normally do, what brands they, they support and just use a little common sense. And I think most of us have a good judge of character and we can tell whether someone was simply just paid to say that or do they honestly believe what they're saying? Yeah, I didn't I just didn't know if there was like a responsibility or 
for either side of someone who's doing it in kind of the wrong way is a responsibility for the community to kind of go at them which i've seen in the past happen or is it just let it play out if it's not good <laughs> then it'll just take care of itself i mean is yeah that kind i mean how you the feel? thing is about going going at someone and i've had people come after me you know yeah. and i try to be i try to have as much integrity and honesty as possible but some people just don't like to be advertised to so the problem with going after these people is who's the judge, you know, who, who's right. going to make the decision on whether this person has stepped over some sort of uh, moral or ethical line. And, and here's the thing, even if there were some definition for this, we all have different levels of, you know, acceptance for this stuff. How, how, how many advertisements can you take before you say, nope, I'm done with this person? Um, and I think that that is actually changing over time. People are very forgiving. Uh, I see people doing things that are, you know, very obvious uh, advertisements that, you know, maybe five or six years ago would not have been tolerated. You couldn't get away with doing that. But, you know, especially on, you know, in Instagram land, it's way more acceptable uh, to simply like almost every post I make is a sponsored post. Right? I mean, I'm just saying that as me. I'm saying if someone does that, yeah. um, that person can still have hundreds of thousands of followers because it's tolerated. Uh, it's not something that they have to, you know, do with with any major apprehension. You know, but I, I do think there is a, a major responsibility on the person doing these posts to keep the quality high, to keep the integrity high. Um, but I, I don't know where it's going. Uh, it, it's really, it's really hard to say. You know, to yeah. predict where that's gonna is it gonna hit a point where it's just too much, and then people you, people start seeing a a dip in followers. And here's the thing: if someone saw a dip in followers. I can guarantee you, you will watch them change how <laughs> yeah. they do things, right? Oh yeah. Because the follow the follower account is the thing that brings the 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 advertisers in. So if advertising for you know paint company X suddenly resulted in their stats dipping down, like they just lost five thousand people, watch how quickly they end their their contract with paint company X and never work with them again. You know, so I think there is definitely some accountability that has to happen there, but it's such a wild west thing. And it's also a like live and let live thing. So like, who's, who's going to be the one to be like, Hey, sir, you are, you're doing too many ads. Like this is where I draw the line. Uh, it's just hard to point that finger. I think the major thing for me, and I'm much lower tiered. I'm, you know, I'm just a guy that builds stuff in my garage. And yes, I get free tools sometimes. And it's awesome yeah. for me because I have 10,000 <laughs> followers. And for me, that's 200 bucks a tool I don't have to spend that can go into my daughter's college fund. You know what I mean? I so, can. sure. And if I use it, I'll show it. And if I like mm -hmm. it, I'll show it. If if someone sends me something and I don't like, I've donated probably, I don't want to say this, but I probably donated like 15 tools to our college that does like a trade yeah. school that I just don't care for. And it's like, mm -hmm. but I do know what you're saying. Like when it becomes repetitive and I think I'm guilty of it. Now, like when hearing you talk about it, I think I do it too much and I don't mean to, but sometimes I feel like, ah, oh, I'm going to use this tool. They sent it to me. I'm going to be nice and return the favor and say, hey, I'm yeah. using this jigsaw to cut um, a circle. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, here, here's the thing. I mean, to, to be as real as possible, like no one wants to bite the hand that feeds them. And if you think that you're getting 100 percent and I mean, like, seriously, 100 percent raw, honest opinions from influencers, you're deluding yourself. It's that's just not the way people work. People aren't programmed to get something for free and then go and crap all over it. Like now, there may be one or two people who are the exception who they consider it their job to be the, the crap on stuff guy. You know, <laughs> like 
<laughs> that's that's what they're known for, maybe. Um, but most people, when you get something for free, there's a decision process that goes, is this like acceptable enough for me to show? Can I say something positive about it? And then when I do that, I'm going to say something positive. And if there's anything negative, I'm going to have to figure out, is it worth saying that? Can I say it in a way that isn't going to offend the company? Because I want to make sure I, I, you know, massage this relationship into something bigger in the future. Um, so anybody, and this includes me too, you have to absolutely take everything with a grain of salt because of the way the situation has played out. So one of the things that I've been trying to do, and, and it's not, I, I don't care what anyone else does. This is just what makes sense for me, is to be as open and honest with my disclosures. And I have gotten so much good feedback from people who are just like, man, this, like I already trusted you, but this makes me trust you even more because I'm not going to tell you dollar amounts, but what I will tell you is, was the product sent to me for free? Was it sent to me with the expectation that I was going to talk about it? Was it sent to me uh, by a company I've never heard of and they never asked for anything? It's just up to me what I want to do with it. Um, is this a sponsor who I have a yearly contract with who pays me on a yearly basis but I need to just occasionally show you something like to me, hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored. It's not enough. It, do, it doesn't necessarily disclose enough for the person who's watching this stuff to decide what are you saying about it and what does that actually mean? And how much can I possibly trust what you're saying if there's if you were paid to say it? Right. So I think it, the more you disclose and the more honest you are about it sets you up to be in a good position um, for people to trust you. So that's a, just a personal mission of mine that I've taken on kind of late 2018 this year uh, to really lay it out there in a way that I don't think anyone else really does at this point. Uh, and I find, you know what, man, it makes it so much easier. It just makes it so much easier to be like, look, here's how I got it. Take it or leave it. Like my feedback on this, I'm not telling you what to think, but you now have all the tools, all the information you need to, to make a decision on whether or not you trust what I say. No, and, I, and it's been great. The feedback has been awesome. That That is powerful stuff. I mean, that is stuff that I hope everybody on Instagram listens to this podcast. And if they take one thing away, besides the pizza thing, we'll put that to the side. Yeah. If they take one <laughs> thing away, I hope they listen to the last 20 seconds of that on repeat or 30 seconds of that on repeat and just absorb it. Because that transparency and that honesty is what me personally, I think Instagram needs across the board. That's just yeah. what I think. I mean, I've always said well, I, I was open and honest. I've always said I was open and honest about tools, about everything, even the bad stuff. I had an epoxy thing that happened where I completely destroyed the number one epoxy company in the world for the longest time because they mm -hmm. almost, they lied to me. And I was like, I'm not going to stand for that. So I called them out and I got crap for calling them out because everyone wanted free stuff from them. You get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yep. don't say anything bad about them because they might send me a free pint of their new epoxy. It's like, okay, Dave, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. There are uh, certainly, you know, part of the new way of doing business now is being careful on, like, whose toes you step on in in, the, in this environment. Uh, and I've have been spanked a few times by companies <laughs> who, uh, you know, the rest of the community is either supported by or gets free stuff from. And I dared to say something not 100% positive about them. And, uh, you know, you get jumped on for yeah. it. 
because you're right. Every, a lot of people are chasing the free stuff. Um, and there are some like the brand darlings of the Instagram community. And I think a lot of us know who, who they are, uh, who may not necessarily be the best product. They may not be the best choice for every situation. Um, there's a lot of products out there, but this is the company that is playing the game. And this is where all the bias comes from. And it goes back to, to all of us having to be as honest as possible, but never being able to truly separate our personal biases. And that's just human nature. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like, so to me, I'm not telling you that I'm a hundred percent unbiased. I try to be as unbiased and honest as possible. But if I give you enough information about this arrangement between me and company X, maybe you'll be in a better position to decide how much you trust what I say and decide for yourself how much bias I'm bringing to the table. Because anyone who thinks that they're not bringing bias to the table, they're they're just deluding themselves. It's it's impossible. We're only human. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good point. And I'm not trying to make you the judge and jury here, but my next question was what should people stop doing, you know, when it comes to content creation? Is it is it what you were just talking about? I mean, it, is that what you would go to? What do you think the number one thing content creators or influencers should just stop doing? Pouring epoxy? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 becoming an old joke now. You know what? Here's the thing, man. I don't think that I could even answer that. I like you said about making me sort of the judge and jury. Um they can do whatever they want to do, do what's working, you know, yeah. and if pouring epoxy and making slab tables and, and that's, that's what works for you, uh, then, then keep going for it. Now on the business side, I do have opinions about things I wish people would do. And we just touched on that. I wish people would be a little bit more detailed in their disclosures yeah. more than what the law requires us to do. I think that helps the viewer understand the situation better. So that's super important. I wish people would do more of that. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. If someone if someone's doing something that I don't like or that I don't agree with, I have a choice to unfollow them. You know, and if they if they have hundreds of thousands of subscribers who are okay with what they're doing, then who am I to say that they shouldn't be doing it? You know, that's my my opinion on what they do is completely irrelevant, it's, at least to me. Yeah, I mean, it's that point of being passionate about something, and it's my biggest problem. I, if I'm passionate about something, I go beyond what should be acceptable sometimes as far as expressing yeah. if i if i don't like what's going on i will say it and most people yeah. and most people like can refrain from doing that i don't know what they're called maybe adults i act like a kid yeah. sometimes i just <laughs> i can't control it's my biggest weakness if i see something going on that's bad i'm like that's yeah. bad and you're a jerk and then people are like billy come on it's yeah, just right it's I the i think it's the chicago uh, personality in you yeah right meat potatoes ditka <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, well the thing is i i i see things i don't like and I have those discussions with my wife and I might even have those discussions with, uh, you know, two of my closest friends in the industry being my, my co-hosts on Wood Talk uh, and we'll text back and forth. And, you know, just, just like anyone else, I'll see something and I'll make fun of it, you know, or I'll make a joke about it. And I, there are things I don't like that people do, but I don't feel like that's something that anyone benefits from me publicly talking about. Yeah. It's a, just, a, it's my personal opinion. And, and I, here's one thing I wish some viewers would do, keep their personal opinions to themselves. Like, <laughs> You know, vote with your subscribe button, vote with your follows and unfollows, but you don't necessarily need to be like, oh, uh, hey, I don't really agree with what you did. So I'm unsubscribing. It's like, well, just go, go. It doesn't matter. Like you do your thing. I'll do my thing. Everyone will be happy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally opinionated about this stuff. And if we had an offline conversation, it might be <laughs> a very different conversation. Um, but I just don't feel like my my personal viewpoints 
are, are very relevant to how other people operate in a, in a social environment like that. All right. So now let's lift each other up. Okay. Let's lift up our mm-hmm. audience. What's something yeah, positive? You, yeah. <laughs> what's something you've seen another content creator slash influencer do that inspired you that made you want to kind of change what you do? Is there an example you can think of? You know, there's a lot of people just in Instagram alone um, that I follow who I find their posting style, their photography, things that they do, I found it very inspiring. And in the last probably year and a half, I personally started to take Instagram way more seriously. Like as far as like YouTube goes, like the the interaction there is just terrible. Um, there are, uh, there are a few nice people, but the jerks are just, they stand out too much. So I personally don't want to spend much time there. I'll post my content there and I'll answer questions for maybe the first day that like a new video comes out, but it actually is taxing on me personally to sit there and just get kicked in the nuts uh, every time I go and read my comments. So I don't go there much. Instagram is like the one place still that, that has a level of purity to it where people are just positive, you know, and they're fun. So as I, as I watched people like Brad Rodriguez from fix this, build that and John Malecki, they both have a a good show. If you want to get into, um, way more than I'm willing to do in terms of like gaming, the experience of, uh, content production and, and doing things like that. But great advice from those guys watching their posting styles, learning from that. Um, my buddy, uh, Ann Briggs watching the way she would photograph her animals and her woodworking. Uh, there was, you know, I even had conversations with her and she gave me a little tutorial on some stuff for photography. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, just getting influenced by people like that and how they operate in their environment. That, that was something that inspired me. Uh, you know, even my buddy Matt Cremona watching how he documents his logging experiences and his bandsaw mill and things like that. Um, those are things that inspire me. So, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I won't call it copying, but a lot of what I do, uh, you know, naturally just gets influenced by seeing cool things that other people are doing. And I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to do something like that, you know, <laughs> and then I just kind of borrow an idea. <laughs> yeah. For me, I don't, I guess I don't really have the interest in getting, as much reach as possible because my livelihood doesn't depend on that, I guess. But if you're going to spend time Instagramming it, there's been so many people that care about beating an algorithm. And that is kind of leads into my next question, which I think you do a podcast or something because you kind of already segued into it. So you're good. You're good. (laughs) I've seen your notes. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm looking over your shoulder. When it comes to reach as a content creator, it's important when does trying to beat an algorithm get in the way of what truly matters, and that's the content? Well, I think this this actually now gives me a much better answer to your previous question about what I wish people would do a little bit differently, and this is something that I'm okay discussing publicly. I wish people would be a little less concerned about the algorithm. I think one thing that makes social media special and what has made it what it is today is the fact that it's really an inside look. It's a... Um, a little bit less polished of a presentation. It's, you know, me taking videos of, of my family and, and dogs. And I know people come there for woodworking, but I feel like this gives them something that's a little bit behind the scenes. Well, what's happened is in the last, you know, few years, more than that, obviously people have been influencing for a long time, but in woodworking, it's become a little bit more prevalent in the last few years where people are now using those social uh, resources as a primary venue. I've got companies who their main thing they want to do by working with us is boost their Instagram presence. They're only concerned about Instagram. So that makes me as someone who takes advertisers on much more interested in my numbers, which is why 
gaming of the system using the algorithm becomes a factor because numbers matter, right? So one of the things I wish people would stop doing is focusing so much on that because when you get down into the into the numbers and you start analyzing why this picture did well and why this one didn't do well, what you lose is a lot of authenticity. Everything just becomes a contrived I'm thinking about it way too much. Uh, I want to make sure that the, the lighting is just perfect. Um, oh, I'm working on something here. Grab my camera. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Let me smile. <laughs> All right. And then you get. And I don't think people can see any. I wish. I place. wish they could have just seen that. I wish. <laughs> people have been telling me for the longest time that I need to turn this podcast into a YouTube show too. Yeah. Where I can just save this. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. That was awesome. No, no, no. So it just becomes so premeditated. And, and for me personally, when I follow people on, you know, social platforms, it's because I want to see things that aren't necessarily perfect. And you could just totally tell. And it's, you know, Instagram is just absolutely full of selfies that are meant to look like, oh, this was just this off the cuff moment, you know, and I, I had just had this perfect <laughs> moment. And it's like, no, it took you 15 minutes to get the perfect shot so that you can make it look like it was spontaneous, you know, and it's anything but. So I, I honestly wish there was a little bit more authenticity in social. Uh, and, I, and I think as people dig into the algorithms and dig into those numbers more, they will get less and less authentic because it's hard to separate the mission of acquisition of numbers and subscribers from, uh, you know, from the goal of just showing cool stuff, you know? So, so for me personally, I'm terrible with the numbers. I mean, I know they're all there. I know where to find them, but how often do I look at them? Do I know exactly what my subscriber counts or follower counts are? Absolutely not. I, I, I don't have time. And it's, you know, probably to my detriment that I don't look at those things. I could be doing better when it comes to numbers. But for every person that comes and tells me, dude, I love your dog. Dougie is the coolest. I love seeing pictures of your dog or I love your kids are great. I love seeing that. That's the most gratifying stuff to me. Um, so that's enough to make me go, yeah, you know what? Maybe I won't look at the numbers because if I focus on them too much, my competitive side comes out and I want those numbers to go up. And in order to do that, I have to ask dumb questions. I have to say, what's your favorite glue? You know, what, what are you guys doing this weekend? You know? And it's right. like, it's just, it's not genuine. And I, I can't do that. So and Hopefully that answers your question. And then you don't take any more pictures. You only post videos, right? Isn't that a thing mm -hmm. too? I mean, well, because it's not because I want to post videos. It's because videos are performing better. Exactly. So now I'm just now all I'm going to do is videos, right? And that's it. Again, if someone is doing that and that's what they want to do and that works for them, yep. have at it. For me personally, I'm going to post what I think works for me and my audience and conveying the information. And if that's a video, great. If it's a story, awesome. If it's a picture, then it's a picture. But I, I wish there was a little more authenticity in what we're seeing. I think this is a perfect time that um, we promote your dog's Instagram page. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, Dougie Spag on Instagram. So it's D-U-G-G-E-E -E, Spag. And, uh, you know, look, Dougie is the biggest pain in the ass. Um, bulldogs. In particular, they're like they're kind of just born. I don't sure. want to take this into a bad rating, but they're born assholes, and it's our jobs as their owners to massage them into reasonable companion animals over the course of a couple of years. So this dog is just a giant pain in the butt. And the, the, like Nicole even said the other day, she's like, you know, the she's like directly to him because we have to talk to him directly. Um, <laughs> she's like, Dougie, you realize your Instagram account saved you. Like that's the only reason you're still around <laughs> is because. 
it, because people expect to see pictures of you. Um, but ser- seriously, this dog is, he's got a crazy personality and we just love, he's so like photogenic just by sitting there and laying down his breed is very photogenic. Um, so yeah, we have a blast with that account and, and man, he gets talk about influencer. He gets like dog collar offers and <laughs> people, awesome. people want us to take pictures of him wearing their, like their dog accessories. <laughs> so he hasn't given in yet. Um, but he's, he's kind of picking his moment when he starts to become an official influencer. Uh, Mark, can your uh, dog chew on this rubber toy we're coming out with <laughs> <Yeah>. next month? <laughs> yeah, get a pic. Can you get a picture of him wearing this bandana um, and and chewing on this particular brand of toy? Yeah, hey, who knows, man? We'll we'll get there. Maybe this woodworking stuff will just become like a side project. And hey, the pet industry is big. Yeah, I'll just be. <laughs> All right, sorry, so- I just got a, a text from my wife saying specifically that Dougie. Actually, she said effing Dougie just ate Mateo's new hat. Oh, so. There you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, if you start, I mean, if you can monetize the page, then he'll. Uh, yeah, why not? They could pay for his mistakes. You know. Look, I, I can tell you, if Dougie becomes like a big deal, he will watch the numbers and he <laughs> will milk every single penny possible out of it. Like he's obviously in it for the money. Mark, thank you so much for coming on Grain Knockers. This, the conversation that we just had has just been real to the to the core when it comes to Instagram and specifically in influencers and content creators. So I appreciate your honesty. And um, I think that's why I was kind of, you know, directed towards you from the beginning is just your personality is good. Um, you're honest and open, you're smart and you put out great content. So thank you so much for everything. There is a part of the show at the end where I do ask some more questions, but they're yes or no, or only one word, um, answers. If you're down for that, we can get into that. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Mark. Yes or no. The wood whisperer will be putting out fresh content for the next 20 years. Yes. All right, Mark. Will you ever change your mind about Chicago pizza? No. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. These are one word answers. What co-host on Wood Talk is always late? Matt. Matt. (laughs) Okay. Um, Mark, um, tool that has most improved your shop in 2018? Uh, Let me think. My Milwaukee uh, jigsaw. Oh, the D handle? It's not. Yes, yes, it is D handle, not so a barrel grip. It's the new Fuel M18, right? Yes, I yes. got that too. And actually, I think you asked me the model number on it after one of I my did, posts. I did. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's amazing compared to other um, jigsaws that I use how straight it cuts at a ninety, even through like an inch and a half apply. It 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 stays yeah. true, and that's a testament to the Bosch blades I use too. But uh, mm-hmm. good good jigsaw. There you go, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. I like it. All right, Mark. Yeah. F- Mark from the Wood Whisperer. Mark from Wood Talk. Mark from the Guild. Mark from Friday Live. Mark. 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 Thank you so much That's for me. coming on Grain Knockers. <laughs> is there any? Is there one last thing you'd like to tell Grain Knocker Nation? Yeah, watch your fingers. My buddy Matt used to always say, "Fingers and thumbs. Don't be dumb. Um, <laughs> don't cut <laughs> off any digits. Just be nice. You know, talk to people the way you want to be talked to." We don't have to, you know, let's let's always approach things with a smile on our face and then resolve issues from there. If we always approach things with guns a-blazing and everybody's angry all the time, then you get YouTube. And let's not do that. Let's let's let's, let's always have Instagram. Yeah, right. Let's not turn into <laughs> YouTube. 
No, I think it was nice. a good discussion, and you know, even though it was about some negative things, I think that analyzed we analyzed it well. I mean, I mean, you broke it down good, and I hope what people take away from it exactly what you just said. Enter with a smile, leave with a smile. Yeah, I hope so. All right, thanks, Mark. Well, yeah, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. What an amazing interview, and um, thank you so much to Mark uh, at the Wood Whisperer. Make sure if you're not following uh, Mark and everything he can provide you with, that you go and follow him and get involved with what he's doing. It will only make you a better maker, but yeah, thank you so much, Mark. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to join. Great knockers. Uh, I hope all the listeners appreciated that conversation because I think that's as real as it gets. And, you know, I don't think we were trying to be negative. We were just talking about some truths, you know? That's uh, that's part of our everyday life, and uh, man, a ton of knowledge from Mark. So thanks, Mark. Thanks a ton. Uh, Gray Knockers, make sure that you go to Instagram and see if episode two has a giveaway. That's where we'll post the giveaways, and that's the only way you're going to find out how to enter. But sometimes the giveaways uh, include show notes. So if you don't listen to the show, you might not be able to win the giveaway. So make sure that you're involved in all things Great Knockers for season two. Man, what an episode. What an episode to jumpstart season two. Great Knockers, we'll see you uh, in two weeks for the next episode. Make sure you're caught up on all the episodes, even from season one. There's a lot of good stuff there, a lot of good companies. And we have even more coming up next right here at Great Knockers.